Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's most dangerous podcast. This is episode number 175. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I am well. Did you just say this is the most dangerous podcast? It's the world's most dangerous podcast. That's a that's a little uh, shout out. Is that is that certified? Is that like getting the little blue check mark on Twitter? Well, sort of like that. Uh, you know, that's what Paul Schaefer used to say about his band on David Letterman. So that's my that's my homage to Paul Schaefer and the world's most dangerous band. I see. I remember that now that now that you mention it. Um, but it also shows that we're just both old men. Oh, you definitely old, definitely old. But uh, but anyway, episode number one hundred and seventy-five—that's a pretty, pretty big number. It's certainly bigger than one hundred and seventy-four. Oh man, much bigger than one hundred and seventy-four. And and if any of you listened to last uh, week's episode, episode number one hundred and seventy-four of the world's most dangerous podcast, you heard me and Bill Lack discussing very important things like who's going to make the all-star team for the Reds and which super friends are the best. It was, it was a very exciting episode, Jason. It sounds exciting. <laughs> um, and uh, we were pretty much on the nose with who's going to make all-stars. Uh, mention that first because that's the news that we got this week, which is Zach Cozart has been elected as a starter to the all-star National League all-star team, and Joey Votto certainly, uh, certainly deserving made the all-star team as well two reds and two deserving reds right yeah i don't think there's any question about that um it's about time i mean you know Pato was hadn't been since 2013 so that's a while and he was due and yeah and cozart's having a fantastic year i think i mean obviously the two best players on the team and i don't see at least you know the two best players in the first half of right 2017 like they're having the two best seasons so far so yeah both clearly deserving you know, I'm really happy about. I, I, I agree about Votto. I'm glad he made it again. You know, he's deserved to make it a number of times that he didn't. Um, that's just the sort of the nature of. Well, he's had a couple of years where it's been his second half where he's gone nuts, and a few other years where there's just so many good first basemen in the league that he's not been uh, made the cut. And that, you know that happens. But for Cozart, man, I couldn't be happier for that guy. He's you know he's been, he's been a, a better red than most pl- uh, fans realize. I think. Um, He's not necessarily been an all-star until this year, but certainly deserving this year. And, and, and I don't know if this is the last year for Zach Cozart in a Reds uniform, but uh, it's a good way to sort of honor, to me anyway, the career he's had with the Reds. He's, he's, been, a, he's been a good Red. Oh, I agree. Um, I agree completely. And I, I have to tell you, I'm actually kind of starting to wonder if, and I haven't figured out exactly what kind of player this is, but if there's a certain kind of player where in order for them to become better, what I really need to do is just give up on them. <laughs> because I was, I mean, I was a Cozart booster for years talking about how I thought he was underrated. I thought he was underrated. And then he just bottomed out so badly with the bat that I finally was like, yeah, all right, I guess maybe the right should find somebody else. And he's like, no, 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 wait, I'm going to turn into a good hitter now. <laughs> and, you know, you're, you're so right because back in what, 2013, 14, what, uh, I think it was maybe 14 or I'm pulling it up to see it was, uh, yeah, 2014. He was literally, and this is his age 28 season. It's not a rookie year. It was his, uh, third full season in the big leagues. And he was literally the worst hitting shortstop in baseball. And, and I mean, just, I mean, really numbers that would make Billy Hamilton vomit. And, uh, and that's saying something. And now he's turned into, I mean, he's not going to be probably by the end of the year, he's not going to be have better hitting numbers than Corey Seager, for example, but he's a legitimately good offensive player at this point. Uh, and he's shown it over the last three years, improvement every year. He's getting on base. He's a different player. And, yeah. and uh, maybe that's the Cozart Duval principle for you. When you, when you give up on a guy, he turns into a really good player. Yeah, except that I never really bought in on Duval until eventually I was just like, oh, okay, no, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, you didn't like him enough to give up on him. Right, yeah. But, but, but how does that happen for a 28-year-old to be the worst hitter in the league and by age 31 he's the starter at shortstop in the All-Star game? I mean, that's crazy. His, oh, I, I'm, I'm just staring at this now. His OPS in 2014, his OPS was 568. That's, that's less than Joey Votto's slugging percentage this year. Well, Zach Cozart's <laughs> slugging percentage right now is 542. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Gosh. 
That's what we call a turnaround, folks. That's outrageous. That's completely outrageous. And a good guy who has suffered some injuries for the Reds, fought to stay on the field, and always been an elite defender. I uh, would love to see a gold glove go along with that this year, uh, with that all-star. Just, a, you know, a, a fitting sort of a cap to his Reds career yeah, if this he's is He's never the, won a gold glove, right? He has not. He's been a finalist yeah. a couple of times, but he's never won a gold glove. And Yeah, well, he ran into, what was it, Simmons a few times? Well, yeah, everyone did, certainly. Yeah, yeah. it's one of those he would have won it um, if not for. Yes, yeah, the Barry Larkin, Ozzie Smith theory. Yeah, um, it would be nice to see him win a gold glove, definitely. So just I, I I couldn't be happier for the guy. Seems like a seems like a good guy, and I still don't know quite what to make of this whole uh, donkey episode. If you haven't heard that news, where have you been? Joey Votto uh, at the beginning of the season promised to buy Zach Cozart a donkey if he made the All Star team. What do you to make of it? It's brilliant <laughs> and beautiful and perfect. That's what you make of it. It really is great. It's 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 a fun story, and uh, and you know I think it probably helped. Kozar make the teams, all the publicity Probably around did. it, and, and Votto sort of lending his star power, as I heard someone say this week, didn't didn't hurt anyway. Yes, and it further proves that Joey Votto is perfect, frankly. Well, that, there's because no... who but a perfect teammate would buy a donkey? <laughs> That's just it's great. I mean, everything about Votto. Um, but you know what a great season that guy's having. So glad to see him. Glad to see him. But I don't I don't want to sort of ignore him here because he's having had the best first half he's had in a few years and. Showing no signs of slowing down at age 33. Uh, talk about Cozart going from being, uh, you know, the worst hitting shortstop in the league at 31, or at 28, to now being uh, a good one at 30 at 31. Votto is as good as he's ever been at age 33, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. He re- he. There is no this frankly better because I mean, if you look at it, I'm going to get real nerdy here for just a second. His batting average on balls in play, which for people who follow that stuff closely, you know that that fluctuates a lot and, and is luck dependent, is the lowest it's ever been in his career. Um, and if that even returns to normal, anywhere near normal Joey Votto levels, with the fact that he isn't striking out at all now, he's actually a much better hitter than he's been before. Here's a way to put it into perspective. Last year, and, and just looking at baseball reference, uh, wins above replacement, last year he was worth four wins. Hey, that's a good player, a four-win player. Uh, the year before that, it was 7.6 wins. That was that great uh, 2015 season he had. But last year, a four-win player. This year already, half a season, four-win player, baseball reference war. So he's already equaled his production, and we sort of have half the season to go. Uh, we say it all the time, Jason, enjoy this guy while we've got him. It's a joy to watch every single at-bat. Here is I will I will now tell you my my personal favorite uh, current favorite Joey Votto stat. Okay, let's hear it. Joey Votto currently is second in the National League in walk percentage. He walks sixteen point two percent of the time. Okay, he has the fifth uh, the fourth lowest strikeout percentage in the National League. He only strikes out eleven point one percent of the time. <laughs> and leads the league in walks. Uh, right. So he's he's essentially the best or nearly the best at walking and also very nearly the best at not striking out. Like, he, it's like the, the strike zone is just his personal property now. Well, Fangrefs.com, I can't remember if it was Eno Saris, I think maybe that said it, or Jeff Sullivan earlier this year, he just decided to stop striking out this year, didn't he? he well, he decided to stop striking out like mid-season last right. year. Right, right. Um, it's hilarious. There's a, a, a chart that I post around occasionally of like his rolling like 80 game strikeout rate. And you know, last year for the first couple of months he was striking out a ton enough that a bunch of us were like, "What's going on?" And then he was just like, "No, I'm not going to strike out anymore." And it just plummets. It's like, I it's 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 the kind of thing that like I feel like if you were a scientist and you saw that result, you would think that you had made a mistake. <laughs> Go back and recheck your data. Um, it's it's amazing how he can just decide to not to I'm like I'm just going to do this now. Yeah, and it's not going to strike out anymore. No, but no one can do that. Yeah, uh, you know, I was at a little league game last night. As a matter of fact, my son was playing little league and uh, was talking to his coach about something about his approach to the plate. And, and my son thinks, oh, I got to wait and, unless unless there's two strikes, I got to wait until. You know, it's a perfect pitch, basically. And he says, that's what Joey Votto does. And the coach was like, well, you know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but your son's not Joey Votto. <laughs> you know? and, and it's a fact. No one else can do this. No one else can just decide not to strike out like he does. Or very few players in the, in the history of baseball can. It's, it's, 
it's astounding. You know, my, my favorite guy in the for much of the 2000s was Adam Dunn. And, and I got used to the sort of three true outcomes type of guy. Home run, walk, yeah. strikeout, you know. And he had a ton of walks, but he also had a ton of strikeouts, 200 strikeouts. I'm looking at Joey Votto, and he's walked 58 times this year. This doesn't count uh, tonight as we're recording this. Uh, and he did actually walk once tonight, so 59. Twice. Twice, you're right, twice. So he's at, up to yeah. 60. He leads the league. He struck out 40 times. <laughs> I mean... You know, the last two years he struck out 135 and 120 times in full seasons. We're over halfway through the season. He's only struck out 40 times this year. It's just, how is that possible? I, I don't get it. It, it. You're right. You'd think if you were looking at the data that, you, that there's been an error somewhere, uh, some sort of well, glitch in the system. Especially, frankly, in the era that we live in, like right now. Um, it's, it's We live in the strikeout era, and it's really really hard for players to walk more than they strike out like the last player i can remember doing it consistently was like in his prime albert Pujols. um Pujols used to used to walk more than he struck out um by a lot Pujols's numbers were even and his strikeout to walk ratio was even better than Votto's is right now but again you're talking about a generational talent a hall of famer yes um and but he's it i mean you know and with Votto, i think you can if you accumulate, you can go all the way back to, like, 2012. Like, there's fluctuations from one season to the next. But I think since, like, 2012, he's walked as much or more than he struck out. If you take, like, you know, if you average it all out. Like, he's had more walks than strikeouts over that time period. Well, I just looked it up. Uh, he's walked 587 times in 2012 to 2017. So, what's that, six seasons? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Walked 587 yeah. times, struck out 567 times. So, he has yeah. literally walked more then he struck out and and the point that you just made was that we're in an era where strikeouts have exploded across yeah. baseball it's it's almost impossible to not strike out like 15 16 17 percent of the time yeah guys are trying to elevate and uh, change their, their swings a little bit and and pitchers are throwing harder than ever so ah joey Votto. He is glorious and wonderful. You should try on Twitter. This is a little advice for you to, to work on your brand on Twitter. You should try every morning with your coffee talking about Joey Votto. Have you thought about that? I, you know, I have thought about it. I was thinking I could call it coffee and Votto. You guys need to follow Jason at Jason Linden on Twitter uh, most mornings. He's uh, having coffee and thinking about Joey Votto, and there's always something enlightening and fun about the stats he's, he throws out. So It uh, starts your morning off right to, to drink your coffee and stare at Joey Votto statistics as you're trying <laughs> Not interact with the world for just a little bit longer. That's the way to get into the day, absolutely. Um, the best part of waking up is Joey Votto. Uh, no, I'm not going to follow through with that one. Um, that's a little, <laughs> little Folgers uh, jingle I started to do, and I, I couldn't follow through yeah. with it. No, that's uh, good. That was a, that was a wise choice, Mr. Uh, Doc. The world's most dangerous podcast. Um, <laughs> so that, that's, uh, you know, Cozart, Votto... It, this season has been up and down. It's been there have been a lot of disappointments uh, this year, especially with the respect to the pitching. But if you can't be excited about what we've seen out of Zach Cozart and Joey Votto, yeah, I don't know why you're a Reds fan, frankly, because you know two good guys, uh, two longtime Reds, uh, just that's that's all good. And and the flip side uh, to the fact that we've had some bad moments is, hey, the last week and a half or so, these Reds are back to being a little bit fun, aren't they? Yeah, the last, what, three series, it's, you know, what really seems to have helped is that it seems like the the pitching might finally, knock on wood, cross your fingers, finally be starting to to stabilize a little bit. Um, And if that's the case, you know, they have a good enough offense that if the pitching is just even decent, you know, they've been getting five or six innings every night, which is a vast improvement. Um, and as long as that happens, then then they're a good bet to win half or, or maybe a little bit more than half of their games. That was my uh, that was my comment in the uh, today's recap, uh, the last game of the Colorado series today, when the Reds behind Sal Romano's uh, nice little start uh, in his second big league appearance. My comment on the recap recap today was that that's seven straight starts where the red starter has gone at least five innings. Now, you know, most teams, five innings is not necessarily something to jump up and, and dance about. But for this team, you know, not bad. And, and the result of it's been they, uh, well, they won two series. They won a series against two of the Brewers and the and the Cubs. And then yeah. sp- split a series with a really good Colorado Rockies team in Colorado. So, yeah, those are not series victories to sneeze at. I mean, it's not like... Um 
I don't know, like who's terrible this year. It's not like the Phillies and the Giants or whatever. Like, yeah, absolutely. The Rockies are, are legitimately good. The Cubs are the defending world champion. They're having their issues, but they're still the defending world champions. Yeah. And, and the Brewers are in first place right now. So I mean, it's it's not like it's the poor sisters of the internet that they're that they're playing. It's uh, you know, some of the better teams this year. So and, and even in the Colorado series where they only sweat or only uh, won two out of four. You know, competitive in all four games, got pretty good pitching. Uh, it's a fun team to watch when they're getting some starting pitching. That's yeah, not, it's like it's the that's the that's the missing element. The middle two games, I know I, I recapped one of them, and, and I think the same was true for the other one. It just they just kind of felt like um, games that you know you lose sometimes, even though everybody plays well. Yeah, well, that's baseball. Yeah, it wasn't like no one was bad. They just didn't win. You know, it was, and that's okay. Like that happens, as, as you said. That's baseball. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, uh, they're playing a little bit better, and that's all due to the starting pitching, really, as far as I'm concerned. Everything else is still sort of the same as it was. Um, but it makes you it makes you wonder whether okay, you got Homer Bailey back now. Uh, Brandon Finnegan, obviously, after we got so excited about him, he got hurt in his first start back. But you know, Sal Romano was healthy again, and and. Looks like he has. Let's actually let's dig into Salvermano a little bit, okay. um, because he made his second big league start uh, today and, and pitched five innings, gave up two runs, and and before the game he said that he was going to make a conscious effort to not not overthrow. That he was, you know, the last time, and I was actually at the uh, Great American Ballpark for his first start, where he was throwing 97, 98. I mean, he was really, and he said he was amped up, and he was, he had fo- like 40 friends and family there with him. They were like sitting a section over from me and screaming with every pitch. And uh, he was, he was amped up, he was throwing, overthrowing, and he got into trouble, couldn't throw strikes. He said this time he's going to try to do what he does in the in the minor leagues, go 93 to 95, sit 93, 95, and then he can amp it up to. 97, 98, if he has to, and that's sort of what he did. And until the fifth yep. inning, he was he was really good today, uh, throwing strikes in command. And you know, I don't know what to make of Sal Romano. He's kind of just in the last 18 months flown into uh, onto the radar. But uh, I was extremely impressed with his poise and with the fact that he noticed what he was doing wrong in his first. Uh, to me, a young pitcher for the Reds noticing a weakness and correcting it immediately. We've not seen a whole lot of that this year, so I'm 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 kind of excited about Sal Romano. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I'm I'm also pretty excited about Sal. Um he you know, I don't know, all I can say about him is that um he has a real good reputation in Louisville. I've talked to him a little bit. He's he's a good guy to talk to. Um he did have that shoulder injury. I mean, I think the the big reason that the people haven't seen him back in Cincinnati yet hasn't been because you know, the Reds were like, no, 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 we don't want to see you again after your one bad three-inning start. It's been because he got hurt, and he was uh, rehabbing for a while, and, and I think they were kind of just waiting until he was back and kind of showing that he was uh, that he was ready to go um, before getting him another shot. And actually, like, you know, when they called up Jackson Stevens um, for that one start, I was like, okay, you know, this is there, somebody else is getting is getting an audition, and you know, in, in Romano's last start in Louisville, uh, he had what eight innings, um, two runs, you know, right. So he was so it was like okay, right, come come on up, man. Um, so I think I think that's what it was. They were just waiting to make sure that he had his head on straight. He'd had a couple of little blow up starts, uh, one in particular where he walked five, um, but once he was in order, I think it was time for him to get another chance. I, well, and, and I may be making too much of the fact that he made this adjustment and said beforehand he was going to try to make this adjustment, and then he, and then he followed through with it. Uh, yeah, his, his ceiling may only be a number three starter, maybe. But, hey, listen, there's there's lots of value in a guy like that. And uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what else we, uh, we, we can uh, get out of Sal Romano the rest of the season. you got to think at, le- at, at the very least – he earned another start here, and you know, again, this guy's twenty-three years old. I mean, it's you know, um, still a young guy. So, uh, with all the the problems we've had with young pitchers this year, finally, uh, another we had a, we've had a little ray of hope here and there with Amir Garrett, but finally, a ray of hope, and uh, we've had very few rays of hope in this pathetic starting rotation this year. Um, okay, well, you know, 
that's sort of anything else you want to say about uh, today or about uh, the things we've been talking about. Because if if not, we took some questions from Twitter, and this is this is dangerous. You re- you ready to this dig into Twitter questions? Dangerous, almost almost certainly a mistake, but yeah, let's do it. <laughs> always uh, always dangerous to to ask Twitter anything. Twitter is a mess. But I did ask uh, out on Twitter at Red Leg Nation. Whether you had any questions you wanted uh, Jason and I to answer on the podcast, and of course we don't know what we're talking about most of the time, but we're going to give it our best shot at answering some of those. So let's let's dig into them. And there's one in particular, uh, more than one maybe, but one in particular that I think is going to lead into some of the the news that we had today about possible trade deadline talk. But let, before we get to that, here's the first question we got from Woo the Reds. Jason, you'd like to woo at the stadium? Um, I have not been at the stadium when the woo has ensued, but I would most likely join in on the woo. You know, I tried. The woo is fun. I tried to join in the woo the last time I was there, and my family threatened me if if I woo, they were gonna they were gonna walk out on me. Which I probably should, still should have done it, but yeah. So I didn't woo. I, I gave in to peer pressure. It's embarrassing. All right, back to the podcast. All right. At Woo the Reds, and that's Woo with, I think, five O's if you want to go follow uh, this joker. His question was, Red Lake Nation Radio, where should the Reds build Scooter's statue? I'll let you take this one, Jason. Um, I think they should... Maybe, I'm sure that somewhere in the Reds' offices, there is a picture of like brandon phillips on the wall somewhere and i think they should put scooter statue right next to it right next to brandon phillips that's a good that's a good one i was going to suggest that they remove uh, frank robinson's statue is, is that not a not a good idea mm, i mean it's a it's it's a reasonable it's a reasonable thought uh they could also remove i mean that pete rose statue is new people haven't gotten used to it yet and I mean, removing a Pete Rose statue wouldn't definitely would not cause any controversy. So, I'm not that might be way to go. I'm not brave enough to suggest that publicly, <laughs> Jason Linden. Uh, as much as Cincinnati loves Pete Rose, uh, it's it's not like Frank Robinson is one of the greatest hitters in the history of baseball or anything. We can get rid of that statue, I think, and put one up for the legend, Scooter Jeanette. The legend that is Scooter Jeanette. Yes. Yes. All right. Here's the next question, and I'll answer this one first. But here, the question is. Very simple question. Rocco or Mace? I guess it's a, it's asking which uh, which do you prefer as a nickname for Devin Miserocco, who is on the disabled list, we should report, a 10-day disabled list with a shoulder injury, same shoulder he had surgery on. They tell us it's nothing to worry about. I'll ask you about that in a second, but I'm going to go with Mace, M-E-S, because it's uh, easier to type Wait, on Twitter. I've always said Mez. That's how Mez. I pronounce it. It should yeah. be. It's Mezzarocco. Why would I say Mace? Yeah, I don't know where you got that, man. Jason, that's weird. I kind of question your competence now. It's almost like I talk weird. This is an opportunity for you to make fun. It's like you have some sort of really strange, like really, really strange accent. Yeah, try, try, I try to put the accent joke on the T there for you. You hit it out of the park. Good work, Jason. Yeah. Um, so Mez, see, I like Mace better for some reason. It's like it's well, uh, we're all wrong sometimes. <laughs> but you go with that over Rocco, I guess. I'm, I'm not a yeah. fan. I'm not a fan of Rocco. I don't even know if no. I've ever heard that before. No. That was no. from that was from Phil Razor at PSR 1973. Uh, evidently, he was born in 1973. That guy is old. Very old. Oh, it's disgusting. Um, all right, so we agree with Maze, Ma- Mess or Maze, Maze. or or Meese or uh, I don't Cattle. know. <laughs> Just stop. Stop on your head. Let's I'm, move on. Uh, oh, well, first of all, I'm not ahead. I'm way behind. But Mezzarocco on the 10-day disabled list, uh, shoulder injury, same shoulder he had surgery on. Brian Price tells us no reason to worry. It's different than the injury that caused the surgery. Do we worry or do we believe Brian Price? Yes. <laughs> Both. We try desperately to believe Brian Price because we want to believe it's nothing because Miserocco is playing pretty well this year. But, man, with the injury history that guy has. And, and, and Price wouldn't say that he'd be back at the end of the 10-day 
period on the disabled list. He wouldn't commit to that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think it's one of those things that if it is what they say it is, it doesn't sound like it should be a long time. If it's not what they say it is, then it might be a while. And then we can worry. It's often not what they say it is, but uh, before we start uh, pacing around the room and, and, and pulling our hairs out, let's wait and get more information, I guess. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Man, finally, we agreed on something. Finally, we never do. <laughs> never. Okay, here's a, here's a question that I think is uh, will lead us into some of the news from today. This is from Nathan at GNilly97. Wow, he's born in 97. This guy's young. Yeah, assuming that's what 97 means. Maybe he's 97 years old, Jason. Oh my no, here's, here's a, scary, a scary fact for you, Chad. Um, many people know I am a, a high school teacher, and uh, I think it was this last year, um, I teach seniors, that uh, typically at least, that the entire graduating class was born after I graduated from high school. <laughs> How are you going to feel when that entire graduating class was born in 2000? <laughs> you know, well, that's going to be next year. Next year, yeah, that's but, soon. Oh my gosh, Jason, yeah, you, you are old. I am old. You're as old as Phil Razor at PSR 1973. Man, I'm not, not that old. <laughs> not that old. That nobody's that old. No, nobody's still alive anyway. This somewhat, yeah, I, <laughs> startling. Well, Gmaily 97, who is 97 years old, he asks. Wouldn't trading Rosell Iglesias for a huge return be the best move for a Reds team that probably won't contend until 2019 at earliest? And there's a lot of things to quibble with in that, and, and we'll dig into it. Uh, wouldn't trading Rosell Iglesias for a huge return be the best move for a Reds team that probably won't contend until 2019 at earliest? And, and that relates to the news today that was reported the Washington Nationals are interested, I think that was the word that was used, interested in uh, pursuing... Reds reliever Rozelle Iglesias. My response is, well, I'm interested in Rozelle Iglesias being a Red for a long term, but if they're willing to offer up some kind of big fancy package for Rozelle, bring it on. Yeah, I mean, my interpretation of that uh, when I saw that was somebody called the Nationals and said, so you guys need bullpen help, huh? And they're like, yeah, obviously. And they said, who would you like to get? And then they said, I mean, Rozelle Iglesias would be nice. Because, of course it would. That doesn't mean there are any actual trade talks. Um, that said, yeah, I mean, if somebody offers you a really nice package, you probably take it. Um, I do think there is some danger. And, and I, for a while, I thought that it was just that Red fans or Reds fans are weird. But it's, it's really all baseball-like fan bases have gotten infected with this sort of like football mentality or whatever, where it's like, 10 games means everything and you know there were 10 bad games therefore this team is terrible and it's like no that's not how baseball works at all so at some point you know you, you have to say at the earliest they could possibly contend is 2019 eh, i think there's a case that they could be uh, potentially contenders next year i think there's a i think talking about 2019 is is you know maybe if they're lucky they'll contend by then is is a little bit um off um so i think i do think it's some generally speaking yes it is the right move to trade a player for a better return because somebody needs that player until you get to the point when you actually want to compete at which point it matters to have players who who can and are ready to produce at the major league level well yeah let's let's that that's one thing i wanted to quibble with with the uh, assumptions that are made in this tweet is that the reds aren't going to contend until 2019 at the earliest I, i'm not willing to concede that I, I, you know, it may not be, it may not be the most, uh, the the most obvious or the most likely outcome. But I don't see why this team can't compete next year. Um, so saying 2019 at earliest, uh, I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, about Iglesias, here's my opinion on trading Rosell Iglesias. The Reds don't need to be trading Rosell Iglesias. They have him for, you know, I think another four years after this one. On the other hand, and he's a guy that can contribute. I mean, he's great. He's, he's, I think he's the best pitcher in this organization in terms of just talent. And he can contribute to the next good Reds team, whether that's 2019. I mean, the, it's, yeah, it, I mean it, he's it, under control for quite a while yet. 
um, it would have to be a really, really fantastic package um, to send Rizal Iglesias away. Um, you know, you, you'd have to have your socks knocked off, basically. Well, that's the point. He's a guy, even if you, you, you agree with the premises of uh, G. Neely 97, that they're not going to compete until 2019, the earliest. Well, he's still gonna, they're still going to have him under control for 2019 and beyond. Until I don't think he's yeah. a free agent until 2022, if I if I look at that correctly. So, so if you take that Contract premise, 2021. Oh, well, there you go. Rather, yeah, at the end of the 2021 season, uh, he can be a free yeah. agent. So you still got him for uh, not 2019, 2020, 2021. So you don't have to trade him. So no, it's, no, that's not the that's not the best move for a Reds team, unless the other part of that tweet is trading him for a huge return and and that's the thing I, i'm not looking to trade Rizel, but i'm listening and if well so- and the thing about that also is that what the reds would be getting back presumably are prospects and unless those prospects frankly are pitching prospects with a higher ceiling than Rizel iglesias then you don't make that trade right but if the nationals or someone else wants to offer something that fit that bill Yes, you trade Rosella Iglesias. I mean, my opinion has has been hasn't always been this, but my opinion has been no one is untouchable uh, at at the right price. I mostly agree with you. <laughs> let's let's hear it, Jason. We had this little discussion on Twitter earlier well, today. I think I think a reasonable case can be made at this point that Joey Votto could or should be classed as untouchable because. He has the potential to be a Hall of Famer who spends his entire career with one team, and that has larger implications for the team. You know, if you go to a game right now, you see jerseys from the Big Red Machine, and you see, what, Barry Larkin, right? Like, you see these guys who spend their whole careers with the team, and those are the the guys who stick. So Joey Votto has a chance to be one of those guys who sticks um, and who is still selling jerseys and whatnot in, like, 30 years um so i you know and and maybe potentially become sort of an ambassador for the team or whatever um so i i think you have to be a little bit careful with that at least and and consider it but i mean also nobody is offering the reds any package for joey Votto that the reds would take like you know uh no the angels aren't going to call up and be like hey how about trout for Votto?" no that's not happening um, the Yankees aren't going to call up and be like, hey, how about Aaron Judge for Votto? No, that's that's not going to happen. So, you know, what you're going to get if somebody's looking for Votto is you're going to get a whole bunch of prospects and people, but probably people whining about the salary a little bit too. So you're probably not going to get a return like what you would want to make trading him worth it in the first place. I think that's probably true, but I guess my quibble, and really we're, we, we're on the same page with this, but my quibble would be, that again, no one is untouchable. I'd trade Joey Votto in a heartbeat if the Angels wanted to come come offer Mike Trout. Now, obviously, in in real life, that's not going to happen. But again, if someone, but but the point of it is, for anyone, there's a price. For anyone on the team, there is a there is some price at which I give in and say, okay, I'm going to trade them. For Votto, it might be a guy I mean, like Trout or, or that level, you know, because like you said, there are benefits to having a guy like that in a red uniform his whole life. Just on the tickets you're going to sell in uh, ten years when you build his statue and, and replace uh, Scooter Jeanette's statue out there on Crosley Terrace, but uh, so you have to be overwhelmed with if any of these guys. Same with the Glaciers. I've got to be overwhelmed. Sure, I'd yeah. trade him in a heartbeat if someone overwhelming with a with an offer, but that doesn't mean you know these discussions doesn't don't mean a lot of people on Twitter today sort of took it as. Oh, you know, when are we going to get out of this? Where we got to trade away everybody? And I'm like, no. I mean, if someone wants to overpay, and you can strengthen your organization, you know, you kind of have to listen, don't you? Yeah, you got to listen. Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with you. You're, I mean, you're right that we we essentially agree here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Votto's not going anywhere. Iglesias isn't going anywhere. Unless the Reds get bowled over, I think it's much more likely that you'll see some of the sort of like lesser guys in the bullpen. Um, I, I assume that Drew Storen probably has one foot out the door. There's absolutely no reason for the Reds to not trade him. Um, you know, guys like I don't know, like Tony Singrani, who's who's in arbitration and all, you know probably starting to get a little expensive. Um, I can imagine you seeing him head out somewhere. You know, th- those are the kinds of guys who are going to get traded. 
um, not not Iglesias and, and like Lorenzo, like they're they're probably not going anywhere because the Reds should probably see them as as uh, contributors on the next contending team, which means they have to get someone else they see as a contributor on the next contending team in order to get rid of those guys. Well, and and I love Singrani, but you're right. He's probably one that I would not be surprised at all to see him go. I mean, he's having a good season. I love the guy, live arm. Always liked him. Been hurt a little bit, but, uh, you know, he's getting ready to get a little bit more expensive. He's a bullpen arm that's not an elite bullpen arm necessarily. And he's a lefty, so he might be able to bring something back, some useful piece that could help the next yeah, team. Any guys who are having good results but not throwing high leverage innings right now are probably guys who are being undervalued, whose value is not being utilized right now, I suppose, would, would be the way to put it. Um, and those are, are guys who are likely to be, to be traded. Yeah, maybe overvalued on the market at this point. So yeah. you, you kind of have to move those guys. Definitely. All right. Uh, well, next next question is another. This is not a question that either of us uh, can answer. There's actually, two similar questions about the same guy. Have you been following the Hunter Green uh, uh, negotiations? Uh, you know, the Reds' first round draft pick, Hunter Green, the best high school player since Bryce Harper. Everyone says uh, the Reds drafted him number two and haven't signed him yet. And the first question is. Uh, <laughs> Is it true that, and this is by uh, Woody at uh, underscore Woods You Rather, is it true that Hunter Green is not hashtag Team Fiona? Little uh, Cincinnati Zoo uh, hippopotamus uh, hashtag. You, you want to answer that, or should we pass on to the next Hunter Green question? Uh, let's pass on to the next <laughs> Hunter Green question. I have That's no. Yeah, I've got. I have no information that he is not Team Fiona. We're all Team Fiona, although I really wish. I would quit seeing pictures of a hippopotamus in my Twitter feed. The next question is from Derek Abbott at Funky Moses Seventeen. Jason, it's from at Funky Moses Seventeen. That's that's what I hear. <laughs> His question is: When will uh, when will Hunter Green officially sign with the Reds tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, we, that's that's the answer. Uh, he, tomorrow's the deadline. For first round draft picks or for draft picks to sign tomorrow, I think at five o'clock p.m., he's gonna sign. I mean, I've, I guess to help me sleep at night, I gotta believe he's gonna sign. I mean, what's what else is he gonna do? Go spend three years at UCLA? Yeah, here you're a 17 year old kid now. Turn down seven million dollars. Yes, Darren dollars, and oh, make real sure you don't get hurt for the next three years. Yes, because because he's 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 being offered. Seven plus million. I mean, that's been reported. That is the case. That's the Reds. The money the Reds have left, and it's that's in, more money than even I make as a public school teacher. Well, slightly, uh, but uh, yeah. Here, here's seventeen year old. Seven plus million. He's not. Maybe he turns it down. Maybe he thinks he's enough of a uh, Lonzo Ball type talent that he can pass that up and get more later. Come on! I mean, you you really gonna take a chance on going to college for three years? This is not basketball where you got to go to the uh, college for one year. You got to spend three years in college. I just can't imagine he won't no, sign I with can't the Reds. Either. I think he. I think we're just taking it up to the last minute. And I haven't seen anything from his, from what little I've seen from his camp indicating that he's not gonna sign. Everybody seems to think the deal is gonna get done. Uh, I'm not too worried. Well, he has you know a little bit of leverage, I guess, because the Reds don't want to not sign him. But you know, maybe he's uh, maybe he's negotiating what he's going to do in terms of uh, being a two-way player. How much is he going to DH? Are they going to let him have a chance to play any shortstop? I don't know what I don't know what the what the what the yeah. what the negotiating uh, holdup is. I just I can't believe he's not going to uh, not going to sign. It's just it's crazy. The Reds' Twitter will explode if he doesn't sign. Oh, I don't. I'm not. I'm turning off the phone. I'm not going anywhere near it because yes, it will be ugly. Um. Okay, at Bernard Fisher, he uh, thought it would be funny. He he likes to send us tweets uh, about how awful the Reds are, and I think he thinks he's funny. But uh, here's his question. I'm going to ignore his first uh, the ludicrous question. But the other one was, are the Reds ever going to be good again? You want to dispense with that one, Jason? Yes, for the rest of this season, starting now. And and probably forever for the rest of our lifetimes. Probably forever, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear we've seen enough. To I think know the that. Reds are easily going to win the next seventeen World Series. I don't think there's. I mean, not counting this year. Like this is the rebuilding year, but starting next year, uh, seventeen in a row, it's it's guaranteed. Take it to the bank. 
I think that's, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can argue with that. I think it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll have to wait and see, like, once uh, Nick Senzel is getting toward the end of his career, if 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 the Reds, you know, are, are restocked on the offensive front and can continue to dominate for another 17 years. But I, I feel fairly confident that at least for the next 17 years, it's it's money in the bank. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm buying that stock. Um, at Nathan, at, this is again at GNilly97, snuck another one in on us, but let's go ahead and, and talk about this because I think it's interesting. How many of the starting eight? Right, the current starting eight. How many of that starting eight, besides Votto, have shown the potential to be key pieces of a future contending Reds team? Let me let me hit this one uh, first, and let's see what you think about it. Uh, I don't know why you would say besides Votto, because obviously Votto's in there. I think that uh, certainly Suarez. Agree, he's my number two on that list, definitely. I think, frankly, you have to say at this point that Duvall and Shebler have shown the potential to be key pieces. Now, we don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah, I agree. Like, I like Winker. I, you know, I want Winker in there for somebody, but I think they've shown me enough anyway to say, that, well, these guys could be pieces of a future contending Reds team. You think so? Yeah, I agree. Um, the rest of it's a little bit hazy. I mean, you know, I don't think that the question is how many have shown the potential. I guess Peraza's shown, Jose Peraza has shown the potential occasionally, but I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to buy his stock just yet i'm not giving up on him but i'm right not, i'm not ready to i'm not ready to say he's definitely earned that spot which is a related question would you would you be starting scooter Jeanette right now at second base no me either but i really want to say yes yeah that's how i feel um no i don't i don't think i would um i just can't you know, I mean, Scooter Jeanette is having the season of his life, but it's it's just it's so hard to believe he's not going to eventually turn into a pumpkin. Um, but I think I think the answer to that question is that all of the starting eight have shown the potential. How many of them will be? I mean, I'd lay money on Votto and Suarez, at least one of Shebler and Duvall, and then after that, it's fuzzy. I mean, Hamilton? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, for all the talk about how he can't hit, which he can't, he still is generating value at an above-average level because he can catch it and he can run. Um, you know, if Mezzarocco is healthy, yeah, okay. Um, you know, Peraza is still, you know, for all the talk of how we need to give all of these pitchers um, more chances and, you know, you were recently arguing, you know, let's let's just throw them out there. Let's just let them learn at the major league level. Jose Peraza is younger than pretty much all of those pitchers. <laughs> like, right. You know, he's he just turned 23. Um, so if you're going to argue that the pitchers need to, to, to get their lumps at the major league level, well, maybe this is just Peraza getting his lumps at the major league level. Um, I mean, he's been pretty abominable offensively this year, uh, no question. But I don't know. I mean... He just turned 23. Uh, you know, the potential is still there. So everybody has the potential. Even Cozart, you know, could theoretically be good for another three, four, five years. Um, you could theoretically go forward with this starting eight and theoretically be a good team. Do I think that will happen? No. But it's possible. It's possible. You know, I look at uh, Peraza, and you're right. He's 23. I'm not seeing necessarily much to like so far this year but 23 year old barry larkin hit 244 <laughs> you know i mean yeah i'm certainly not saying that peraza is going to be barry larkin because uh he no has... listeners um chad just said that jose peraza is the next barry larkin not um, just the next barry larkin but he's gonna be better than barry larkin okay take that to the bank yeah jose peraza uh, is a future hall of famer no i was thinking about recently for some reason who Felipe Lopez. You remember Felipe Lopez? I do remember his brief but shining career for the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. Remember how we thought, oh, finally, they found a replacement for Larkin. He was an all-star one yeah. year. Yeah, he was good for one year. <laughs> yeah, but legitimately good that year. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it's crazy because I, I did look at his uh, stats. For some reason, I was uh, going over that team. What was that, 2004, 2006, somewhere around there? Yeah. And uh, a legitimately good season. Felipe Lopez. Blast from the past. Next year you're going to start talking about Willie Green. 
Never. <laughs> Never. We may need to talk about Brandon Larson at some point. Oh, mercy. Now, now it's really devolving into a mess. <laughs> the world's most dangerous podcast. Ugh. <laughs> Okay, so that's, you know, I think Vado, I think uh, Shebler Duvall, I guess you, and Suarez, probably the only ones you could really say you feel confident that they could be a part of the next. Can, some of the others, yeah. you can some of the, you can make a case for almost all the others, actually. Um, even Cozart, who, I don't know, maybe they'll sign him to a three-year deal. And uh, Though there seems to be starting to be some shortstop need out there among various contenders, in which case, oh boy, you got to ship him out. I think so. I mean, I, I just don't want to get I, – and it's, it's hard because I do like hey, You can sign it if you want to. Sure. <laughs> Trade him for three months and bring him back if you if you feel like you can but uh, or want to. But I don't know. I just uh, – his value is probably never going to be higher than, no, it, than never. it is now. So. Okay, uh, let's see what other questions we've got here. Let me scroll and see. Um, not sure that we can really uh, dig into this one too much, but we had um, a question about, uh, or not really a question, want to hear anything, we'd love to hear anything about real old red stuff, uh, pre-war era. And I, you know, I don't know, we can talk about some of that maybe at some point. I think that's a fun, because some of the most fun I had in researching uh, the upcoming Reds book the Big 50, the men and moments that made the Cincinnati Reds. Well, some of the pre-war stuff and the, you know, Johnny Vandermeer and uh, had a really good time. The 1919 Reds had a really, had a blast. 39 and 40 Reds researching all those guys. And so everybody, yeah. when that book comes out, I need to go read it because that's, that's some fun stuff back then. You know, you know, Chad, I can um, fondly recall um, watching the Reds, you know, back well before um the first gulf war in like the 80s <laughs> i'm not sure yeah. that, that's the war that uh that, that he was talking about <laughs> about that about my childhood you know baseball watching at some point yeah you may be uh, thinking about a different war uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so you know I, I i not a whole lot we can really expand upon right now i would like to do that in a future podcast talk about that some but but they also link to uh, the Old Time Baseball Show, a podcast about that uh, there. So let's give a shout-out to the Old Time Baseball Show. Go find that podcast, but only after you've subscribed to Red Leg Nation Radio. Um, all right, what else? Uh, I guess the last question here, we'll end it on this one and then uh, see what else we can talk about here for just a moment. You know this guy Coop on uh, on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> see that's the only that's the only response i do <laughs> uh, at it me coop because it him coop uh it, at it me coop is uh let me just say this before you go look at his uh go f follow him or look at his uh, twitter account you might want to just look at it well first if you are uh <laughs> if you are if you're at work maybe don't maybe don't if you're easily offended maybe don't uh, I think it's an acquired taste, some of his humor, and I've not quite acquired all of it yet. But uh, nor, nor have I. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just go ahead and throw his question out to you. It's about the question you would expect from from Coop. <laughs> How do we get the Reds to accept hashtag Cornhog as an official mascot? You want to explain what Cornhog is? I uh, no. <laughs> This is a family podcast. Remember that, Jason. I do not want to explain. No, I don't think I can explain on a family podcast uh, what that is. But let's just say, let's just let's let's do this. Let's just encourage the Reds to start selling corn dogs at their concession stands. Let's yes. just do that. It is related to corn dogs, and um, don't go search it. Don't go search it, and 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 probably. Don't go follow maybe, Coop. Although I really, know, but really, maybe just forget the last three minutes of this podcast <laughs> right now. Yeah, maybe I need to edit that out. Coop, you're, you know, <laughs> we put uh, for iTunes purposes, we put clean on each of these podcasts because they're family uh, podcasts. And now you're moving us into the uh, area where we're going to have to have one of those stickers on the front of our CD. <laughs> <laughs> Parental advisory. Tipper Gore is getting real mad. Oh, man, I'm telling you, we are really, we're really, this is as bad as it gets, Jason. Uh, and now, finally. It's the only podcast where Tipper Gore and Brandon Larson <laughs> will ever get a mention. But at least after 50 minutes of this podcast, or nearly 50 minutes, finally, we've earned the name 
the world's most dangerous podcast. I think we have. I think we have. <laughs> we have to work our way up to it, but here we are. Finally, we're here, and all thanks to your good buddy Coop, friendly neighborhood con- content provider on Twitter at itmecoop. <laughs> all right, Jason. You know the Reds are heading out to uh, Arizona next. What what if they take two out of three in Arizona? Man, we start getting excited then again. Uh, this team's so I, up and down. It's like a roller coaster. I think they're going to win the rest of their games for the whole season. Oh, Jason. You know, if there's one thing I love about you, I don't know what it is, but if I had to pretend that there was one thing I loved about you, is that you're so optimistic about these My Cincinnati Reds. My ceaseless optimism. Oh, man, it makes it fun. I mean, you know, we we can see the Reds have not been always fun this year, but gotta. it's baseball. <laughs> That's what we keep saying. It's baseball. If you can't find stuff to enjoy, then why don't you, you know, pick up stamp collecting or something? Why, why, is, why, do you, why do you follow the Reds every day? Sure, they're frustrating, but it's just baseball. It's just a diversion. It's just a hobby. Uh, and, uh, and 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 when it's good, it's really good and really fun. So I don't know. That's that's my opinion, Jason. What do you think? I concur. Finally, you've agreed with me about something. Finally, we never agree. <laughs> we never do. Anything else you think we need to talk about uh, before we wrap this up, Jason? Mm, no, I think we got it pretty well covered. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, follow uh, at Jason Linden on Twitter. Follow me at Dotson C. On Twitter, you can follow us at Red Leg Nation for uh, and at RedLegNation.com. Every single day, we've been following the Reds' uh, ins and outs of the Cincinnati Reds baseball for 13 seasons and counting, which is hard to believe. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, will be there. Subscribe to us, and uh, I say it every week, and I really hope you'll you'll do this. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, because it does help other people find us. If you like us, talk about us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Jason, it's always a good time, buddy. It always is. Yes, and we'll do it again very soon. For Jason Linden, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.